Hello, everyone. Welcome to um, a special episode of the Statcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about the life of Kobe Bryant today. Uh, he passed this past Sunday in a helicopter crash along with his daughter, Gianna, and seven other people on the helicopter. And to talk about this, we're going to have a special guest. I brought in um, a good friend of mine, Ari Cohen. And so... Yeah, I think we're going to start the pod but with a different intro for this one. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a lot of Kobe talk. We're going to try to keep it upbeat because, you know, everybody's just been spending the last week, you know, mourning, which is, you know, it's all you can do. We're going to try to lift the spirits up with our great memories. But uh, first, Mike Tirico. Will Kobe give them one last gamer? Bryant on the move with the jumper. All right, and welcome to the Statcast. I'm your host, Harrison Freeman, along with my, my co-host, Sam Greenman, and Ari Cohen is on the phone. Ari, how's it going? Going pretty well. Going pretty well. Um, obviously, like everybody else, it's been a tough week. Uh, been been watching a lot, reading a lot, hearing a lot from uh, the people who were close to Kobe. Uh, the, even the people who weren't close to Kobe, just people who have been affected by, by what happened. Um, and I, I completely agree with what you said uh, before. I think that what we should do is try to make it a celebration of, of the Mamba um, and try to try to really try to encapsulate um, what made him so valuable to, to each and every one of us. Yeah, and so for those who might not know about Kobe, I think we should go on a quick run-through of maybe some of his, the most memorable moments of his career and talk about what they meant to us, to other people. Yeah. So Absolutely. Let's start with the draft. So the draft. So Kobe, he's how old is he at the time of the draft? Is he seventeen at the time of the draft? He's seventeen. He's seventeen. Yeah. Um, and this is also just a memorable draft. Not even just from a Kobe standpoint, but just from a basketball history standpoint. Ninety six like, draft. This is a great yeah. draft. Yeah. Um, like all time great. Iverson, Ray Allen, Kobe. Steve Nash, like just to name a few, um, like Marcus Camby, just like people, people who Marcus are around Camby, for a very long time. Overall pick, <laughs> yeah. Number two, yeah, like Iverson, Iverson, yeah. Camby, Sharif Abdurrahim, yeah, was like top three. Like, Stephon Marbury <laughs> and Antoine Walker. Stephon Marbury, uh, yeah, Sharif Abdurrahim, Jermaine was there, with the Grizzlies, Jermaine O'Neal, interesting one, Pacer, and Derek um, Fisher, Kobe teammate, and head coach. Yeah. And, yeah. and head coach. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. So um, I mean, just lots of figures here who are around for forever Yeah, um, and are still. Exactly. It's it's a real – Pages Stoyakovich is in this one. It's a real wow. – uh, yeah, it's a real list of who really defined the 2000s, I would probably say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's jump into any year and someone from the 96 draft is to be talked about. But. It's relevant. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Even in the even in the nineties, because in the ninety nine finals you have Marcus Camby. Yeah. Um in ninety eight you already you already have people. Well ninety nine still ninety eight. Ninety nine's still like a eh kind of year, you know. Yeah. It isn't that kind of year, but I think the, year after the only Jordan relevant retired. the only relevant memorable story from that year was the eight seated Knicks. 
Yeah. Yes. And market can be with a big reason for that. The Ewing theory in general, not even, I mean, just like. That's true. It, for Patrick the world Ewing was sports, out and irrelevant. they somehow it's made it. Team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Ewing being out and uh, just a, a little bit of context, the Bill Simmons theory um, that, that was on his blog many years ago that has just been coming true over and over again, that when a team's best player goes down, a team tends to rally around the guys that they have and make a run that is at least interesting yeah. and in a lot of cases actually very competitive. Especially and in the original case, yeah, I mean, the, the 99 Knicks, Patrick Ewing goes down out of shape and overplayed Patrick Ewing goes yeah. down and Marcus Camby fills in and they make they make a run for the finals again, beating a bunch of very, very good teams together. They lost to the Spurs, right? Yeah. And lost to the Spurs. That was Tim yeah, Duncan's first championship. Yeah, the Spurs. First of yeah, yeah. Duncan, Duncan and Robinson. Um, yeah. and Sean Elliott. Did someone say Duncan West Robinson? Ah, <laughs> oh, different, different, different episode. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll, some we'll talk time. about the Duncan Kobe uh, rivalry soon. Yeah. Even though yeah, it's, interesting kind of rivalry. It's, a, it's a big topic. I have, I have a whole thing on that. Yeah, they both ended um, with five titles, but yeah, yeah. So Kobe in the he was the number thirteen pick in the draft to the Hornets. He was the first guard ever drafted out of high school. Do you guys know that? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was a big deal. Yeah, and uh, so the first wing player I think ever drafted. Mm-hmm. Not even just guard. I think there were there were no First other, other small forward. No, yeah. I mean just non big men. When was McGrady? That was a year later, wasn't it? McGrady was a year later. McGrady yeah. was ninety seven. Yeah, um, so he was. A but wing. before yeah. that, it was just Moses Malone, and, and before that, like Spencer Haywood. I mean, it was just Kevin Garnett. Guys. It was it was really an unfathomable idea that a, that a wing guy yeah. could come out of high school and make it in the NBA. And it because it takes it takes so much like yeah to be you have to be very creative to be a wing player right. Not exactly. even just creative, but by high basketball IQ, yes, strength in much more in much more deceptive ways than a big man. You yeah. have to really absorb a lot of contact, and you have to be built in a certain way that a high schooler really is generally not. Exactly, and I think that it was proven. I think that that was proven he, in, in the early two thousands for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that he, most high schoolers just aren't built that way. He also, uh, what he basically he didn't have like a redshirt year, but he came off the bench for pretty much yeah. that whole season. It was it was a testament to the fact. that oh, yeah. you can draft him out of high school, and you can have like his college years as his growth years, basically. Exactly, yeah. So you have him. Sure. Like, you have like I guess you have let's just say two growth years, even though it's probably you'll only be in college for one year if you're that good. Yeah. But if mm-hmm. you know you have these two. Growth he was seventeen. Years. Yeah, exactly. And then you're yeah, ni- you're nineteen when you're done with these two growth years. Yeah. Twenty. Sure. And and a lot of his a lot of his early development I think stemmed from the fact that he came into the league onto a team that was just getting a superstar that was one piece away yeah, and yeah. Kobe wasn't even that piece he was just an added piece that came in on in the off season they already had an established an established core of Eddie Jones Nick Van Exel and then they got they Shaq, Shaq in the ninety six yeah. off season they bring in Shaq and they trade Vladi Divac for Kobe for Kobe. Um, and so, like the upgrade is, the, I mean, that that's really the talk of the offseason. Kobe yeah. is mostly just an afterthought. Like this is just a high school kid who's just going to kind of have to wait his turn because that was kind of the way it went, even with non-high schoolers. Just you got to wait your turn if there are people ahead of you in the rotation. Like we're not going to experiment with lineups just to make you play. It's, it's kind of a, a modern concept that rookies should be getting playing time. But yeah. No, you got to earn. You got to earn your way in practice. Very, but, very similar though, to the '93 offseason where everything happened in like the span of one day. Yeah. Right. Or even our last off season. Yeah, I well, that's I think happened. that's what's going to happen a lot in yeah. years to come. But I mean, the thing with right. Kobe though is the reason the Lakers trade for him is partly because he comes in for a workout, and he just blows them away. They bring in Michael Cooper, who 
was one of the was probably the best defender in the league, if not at least one of the best defenders in the league. Well, then, during the time of the Showtime Lakers, yeah, he had just wrist, wristband Cooper. I yeah. remember he had just retired, and so they bring so they have him play against Kobe. I don't know if Cooper was a coach or if he was just like. Uh, around the team or Probably whatever. Just a consultant. The Lakers like yeah. to do that in that era. Yeah. Yep. Jerry and, West just like to bring people in. And Kobe just blows the doors off him. It isn't even hmm. close. Like Cooper might be a couple years out of the league, but I think we most of us probably remember re- more recently Michael Jordan, 50 year old Michael Jordan played against 19 year old Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Michael Kidd Gilchrist mm-hmm. wasn't that good. In, no, with OJ Mayo. I, he played against OJ Mayo and too, MKG. In high school. And, and MKG. And, and MJ happened? just destroyed him. But in this. It's a high schooler, 17-year-old, and he just tears Michael Cooper a new one. Like, And the Lakers, after that, were like, we have to draft Kobe. He's a kid. Uh, he's sort of from around here, even though he lives in Philly, but he grew up a Lakers fan. His dad was related to the team. And so even though Kobe grew up in Italy, which is a whole other part of his— Oh, yeah, that's yeah. just part of his whole, part of his lore. whole case of— Yeah, I but mean, so, his one-of-one, one, yeah. uh, really one-of-a-kind— yeah. Training, like from, from the beginning, Kobe was willing to outwork everybody. Yeah, and that's what that's one of my one of my stories about Kobe that I've read about many times. So, yeah. back when he was, I don't remember the year, but he was in high school mm-hmm. at, at a practice, and for some reason he gets like he's so like upset about something, like just the competitive juices just flow out, like, and then he gets like injured, like he gets poked in the eye, mm-hmm. and he like starts bleeding. And he's, like, so upset that he just, like, throws the ball, like, behind his back as he's walking off, and he just makes it. (laughs) And that was, like, that was the story of just Kobe just, like, wanted to be on the court so bad. Yeah. And just, one, he's a shot maker. Two, he's a competitive guy. Yeah. Three, he just wants to outwork everybody else. Exactly. And that's really what he did. So. I mean, that's his essence. Yeah. So the first, so. The Lakers are the team of the early 2000s. They win three titles in four years. Kobe and Shaq together are just an absolutely dominant force. And yeah. they, there's the share of controversies, like Game 6 in the 2002 Western Conference Finals against the Kings. Yeah, Kobe Game got to... 7 in, in 2000 against the Blazers. Yeah. But... Oh, um, just sketchy a little bit. Yeah, but overall, just... A dominant team during that time period, Kobe and Shaq together had a sixteen and yeah. one playoff uh, season. Oh my gosh! It was it yeah, two thousand two thousand one. That team is my dark horse. Uh, I mean, like if there was a tournament of the, the top teams of the of the last thirty years, yeah, I think that team is probably my dark horse team to win that out. would knock off the twenty seventeen Warriors or the ninety six Bulls. Like they would be, they would be the only team that I would really be be serious about. Mm-hmm. Um, in that in that conversation, like that playoffs, I, I recently watched an hour and fourteen minute long montage. Oh wow! Um, of of Shaq and Kobe highlights from that yeah. playoffs, and not only were they clicking, but the role players the role on that players team, were unbelievable. Like, Kobe Kobe was playing at a level of 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 understanding how to use his teammates that was mm-hmm. literally so beautiful to watch. And I think that he quietly peaked as an all around player during that playoffs. His assist, like once he really understood the flow of the triangle offense yeah. and like bought into it completely. Um, like his assist numbers went up. He started exactly. averaging six assists a game to the point where he was averaging nearly seven in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like he Which was is not, not even like Kobe. Like, what do you expect from him? 
No, it was Magic Mamba, and he resurrected it to an extent a little bit in the 2012-13 season for, like, a stretch where he was just kind of showing everybody, like, no, I don't have to score 40 points a game with Dwight Howard yeah. not doing anything. Like, I don't know. He just he showed that he could turn on his, his, his passing to a really, really high level at certain points when he decided to buy into that mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of that's part of what made him great is that he was able to adapt his play style completely to make other people better when he wanted to. Yeah, and that's like it's just a different level of dominance. Yeah, I saw a text winner like, quote about that. It was yeah. That, what did he, he say? He said, I'm interested. He said he's talking to a reporter. He said he understands the game, but he understands it a a lot better than he plays it. What he was meaning was he knows the right thing to do, but sometimes he chooses not to do it. And I think more right, than anything else, of, that defined Kobe. Sometimes yeah, he did choose to do accurate. it. Sometimes he did choose to do the right thing. And that's what you saw with those two th- those early 2000s Lakers, how dominant they were, how good a teammate Kobe was on the court at the very least. Yeah, yeah that was the point yeah. of his career where he made the most, the highest percentage of best of best decisions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Later, in, later he would just start shooting way more yeah. regardless. Yeah. Because right, and it would still pay off a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is that with Kobe, you can always expect that there's always going to be a solid chance that those crazy, crazy attempts are going to pay off, and that's part of part of what makes him great is that you always think it can go in. You mm-hmm. always think it can go in. There's, and he there's always, always thought like, it could go in. When the ball in. is in the air, when the ball is in the air on a ridiculous shot, there's nobody who I think is going to be making it more often than Kobe. That's and right. I think that's, that's part I mean, of. I have, the, I have some greatness. I have some arguments with that. I, but. You know. I mean, he might not be the most pure shooter of all time. Maybe he's not Steph Curry no. or Kevin Durant Every or something like that. Every time Jr. Smith not. or but, Dion but, Waiters or Marcus Smart shoots a bad shot, I immediately just say, yep, it's going in. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. But whenever, whenever I see, I'm seeing, like, whenever I see Kobe shoot, like, a triple-teamed fadeaway, yeah. you know, from behind the backboard, like, I don't, I don't imagine anybody else ever even thinking that shot is is conceivable he just does it so much that he's he he thinks it's gonna go in because he's like oh this is the best shot i can take in the situation so i'm gonna take right he just he just know like i feel like he just has this level of knowledge where he's just like he's so confident in himself he's just so wise in his knowledge of the game where he's just like yeah this shot like i'll just make it up and it'll, it'll go in like it doesn't it doesn't even have to be a shot that's existed before anywhere in history he'll just like make it up and like there's always a solid chance that it's going to go in because it's Kobe. Yeah, he had you the know, left-handed like three in the playoffs. Like, remember? Oh yeah, that was like like where do you even pull that out from? You know, it's just like a bag of tricks that doesn't even exist anywhere else in the basketball universe. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's it's a, just a different level of creativity. Mm-hmm. Like an, and the, I think that I think that Michael Jordan is really the only person who's ever really embodied that yeah. more so or to the same extent. Like the, the level of creativity is just through the roof. Exactly. He he knew that he he wanted always wanted to get a shot off. He always wanted to get a good shot off, and he was so much better than everyone else at figuring out a way to at least get a decent shot off. He's like, his, his archetype in two K is hundred percent shot creator. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, a shot creator. But not only. But I feel like he was a shot creator almost to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where to the point where his career like almost left a lot. Like like left a lot on the table. Yeah. Where where you where you almost leave yourself thinking like hmm, maybe if he would have tried to play within the system, exactly. Like maybe he maybe Shaq would have wanted to stay. Yeah. So but like that's but part of what made Kobe great is that like you know every single time he goes out on the court like no he's not going to be like he's going to be himself. 
right for better or for worse yeah i was going to talk and that's about part that. of what made him so great so and and part of what fed into a lot of what his haters said about him too yeah so we have kobe and shaq dominant on the floor together they yeah i would say are probably the only pairing we've ever seen of two top 10 players of all time is i mean maybe steph curry and kevin durant if steph gets in there but it really hasn't been um, a thing are we talking all-time top 10 or are we talking top 10 of all time while they were playing um we're talking that's like, if it's while they're playing then, then, then i would say of all time oh, okay then okay. yeah then, then then i would go yeah with that. yes it's it's true that they weren't both like and only Shaq really was winning was had the chance to win an MVP. During you know what you know seasons, what stinks but... about this? What Kobe and Shaq? I feel like we're like getting so close to like having like an hour sit down that would like be televised. Oh man, it, it was so close. Like it was yeah, so close. And I, I could tell that, like, like they both were like, all right, let's end this. Let's let let's talk mm-hmm. this out. Yeah, but it... right, they were both at the age in like in like their their early. I mean, Kobe was in his early forties, Shaq a little bit older, but they were both at the age where they just want to be all business at that point. Yeah. And like if it's if the, if, the, if the people want a Shaq and Kobe interview, then like let's put aside our beef. Let's have a Shaq and Kobe interview, and that's like kind of the kind of the age where like MJ and Barkley started really to have interviews together, mm-hmm. and like the age where like these people kind of start becoming friends again. You mellow out over time. These rivalries start to start to become more childish when you start to realize what's really important in life yeah. beyond basketball. On Shaq's and, podcast uh, that he put out on Monday, unfortunately, very soon after. Uh, the news of the helicopter crash Shaq Mm -hmm. understandably very emotional on the podcast and he's talking about like how he has so many friends but he doesn't text them enough and he hasn't been able to sleep he hasn't been able to eat and he just wants to stop the beef that he's had with everybody because he's always been a fun-loving guy like he was the guy who was making the Lakers locker room a fun place while Kobe was just trying to focus down and (laughs) get and get his reps in and make and he wanted everyone to think that way i think there's a kobe quote that goes like i could never understand why winning wasn't the most important thing to everyone why are you here then and that's like what are you what are you doing that's that's an all-time are you not doing your job yeah yeah and that's the divide between him and Shaq. i I think i saw somewhere and someone said that you know uh, so Shaq might not have gotten everything out of his talent Shaq could have. No, he didn't. There's a chance like Shaq could have been the best player of all time. He was born in Superman's body, but at the same time, not only a chance, but a likely probability that yeah. he should have been the best player of all time. Yeah, but at the same time, you damn well know that Kobe got everything he could out of his body. Oh, and that I think that this is my take on on the Kobe goat case. Um, about I think there are only two players in NBA history who who you can say in their playing career. They really left nothing, like no questions to be answered. Like we saw them go from square one, from nothing, to, to everything yeah. over the course of their career. And I think the two players are are Kobe and Larry Bird. Like, yeah. When you like, that's Larry the name Bird, I had in the, I think, in the back of my mind when you were starting that. I was like, he's gonna say like, Larry Bird. I think that I think that in terms of maximizing their skills to the point where that's all that mattered, and that's the reason why they were dominating was because of their fundamental basketball skill. I think that it's Kobe and Larry Bird. Yeah, I can see that because Michael Jordan and LeBron James, they might be the two best they're players two, of all time, but they're preternaturally yeah, talented. They're so talented. Yeah. They've gotten... Oh, goddamn athletic. Yeah, they've gotten <laughs> as much... They might not have gotten everything out of their talents, but they've gotten... They're pretty damn high. But Larry Bird and Kobe Bryant, they weren't the gift in the same way, but they were so smart and they worked so hard. Like... Co- 
they even had like very similar sort of ends to their careers, really. Kobe working so hard every single night, and finally his body gives out, and he can't play 40 minutes yeah, he anymore, and he tears his Achilles. Down. Larry Bird. After like seven out. straight games of playing 41 minutes or more. Yeah, exactly. And Larry yeah. Bird just... Yeah. What was it? Is in, is in the 88 uh, playoffs where he keeps going in spite of his back. Yeah, just his back is just like tearing him to, apart. He has to wear like a 20-pound yeah. brace on his back. Uh, yeah. And he's sitting on the sideline during during yeah. breaks, like stretching himself out. Like it, oh, It's just agonizing like, yeah. to watch him break down towards the end, especially in like the 91 playoffs against the Pacers where you just see like he's, he's done now. Yeah. And like, but that's, that's really like the mark of, like you really see the mark of guys, greatness. The balding games, Larry. Like, they really they really played until they could not play anymore. Yeah. Like, they just couldn't do it anymore, and that's when they finally decided, like, okay, fine. Like, basketball, you win. Mm-hmm. Let me focus on something else for now. And what Larry did with it was simply have the greatest career post-playing possibly out of anybody from his era. Like, you don't see anybody else from the 80s become become a successful coach. Um, like, Magic Johnson doesn't become a great coach. Dr. J is a, is a horrible commentator. And Isaiah Thomas is a like really horrible GM. Oh, Thomas God. A terrible, a terrible coach, coach, terrible GM. Larry Bird coaches the Pacers to, an, to a conference final, then to a final. Yeah. Um, then he then he manages the Pacers to a conference final, to two conference finals. Then becomes president. Um, and becomes and becomes the president and of basketball operations and and he's awesome. Yeah, and he's, and he's awesome. In, in Indiana, he's about. I'm a, I'm a diehard Pacers fan. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that uh, yet on the pod, but I am a diehard Pacers fan. And and Larry Bird is is one of my heroes. He's Indiana and basketball royalty. I, yes, he, he Indiana is, State is basketball royalty because Indiana really represents what basketball is about. And I think that at the end of the day, somebody like Kobe really embodies the true meaning of the dedication. Yeah. And the, I'm going to get up every single morning, no matter how much I'm hurting, and the working man's spirit, and and that's really I think what makes this such a such a monumental loss for so many people from so many different walks of life is that everybody can relate to that universal theme of 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 I don't really want to do this right now, but like mm-hmm. in order to in order to win at the game of life, sometimes you just have to, and I think that that's what Kobe embodied more than anybody. Yeah, like it's what and he- I think I. It's what he called the Mamba mentality. It was right. Everything meant so much to him, and that's why he worked that's so hard. That's the secret of basketball, man. Yeah, that's the secret of basketball and the secret of life. Be the be first honest. one like, in the gym, last one out. Lot. Yeah, first one in the gym, last one out. There can only be and, one and first one in the gym and only one last one out. And Kobe always right. made and sure it was him. Kobe always was that guy, and Larry Bird always was that guy. Yeah, and and that's what makes those guys heroes in the hearts of so many millions of people. Yeah. I think is that like that's what people have an emotional attachment to. And and not not even just with those players, but in sports in general, that's what I think attracts people to the individual, and in basketball, where the individual is more of, of, of more of a stress than in any other sport. That's what makes yeah. people really love basketball players and idolize the basketball the basketball player mentality. And mm-hmm. Kobe just he really represented all of that. And it's important to note that this wasn't just something that he did in front of his home fans. Kobe was I don't know if he was the best road, road player of all time, but he might have been the best road, road oh, yeah. player of all time. Maybe the best crowd silencer. Exactly. Yes. Because he he loved the boos that he got. He loved them so much, and that's what made him work so damn hard on the road. He was scary yep. when he came into town, but at the same time, because he was that scary, you always knew he was going to give it his all, and if you if you bought tickets to a game to go see Kobe Bryant, he wanted to show you just how much he could do and make you happy you and, bought those tickets. Yeah, and another thing about him was that 
every time he played against another great player, yeah. not only did he seem to elevate his game, but it seemed like he had fun doing it. It was like mm-hmm. it was like a, a like a mental game to him. Like, ooh, you think you're going to come into my building and and give my fans a show? Well, you know what? Like, I'm going to give you a show right back. He was he was such a perfect like he was like a, a WWE star. But, like, yeah. the results weren't fixed. He was just doing what he wanted. The results were only fixed for him because he was so dominant. Like, every single matchup <laughs> between him and LeBron from 05 to 2010, it was just, like, must-see TV. Yeah. Right. It was, like— You could tell oh, they were the man, two best like, players in the world. Watch, like, yeah. really. Like, exactly. It was just everybody knew what was at stake every yeah. single time they would they would match up. Yeah, they, like, were, that, they were fighting for that title. so amazing. Yeah. That's what, that's really, that's, that captured the essence of basketball for me. Like, growing up as a kid and, and watching these singular godlike stars. Yeah. Like, just, just do anything they could. On, like, on a basketball heavy, court. It's like, it's like two heavyweights, like, really just doing whatever they wanted. And I don't know. It's, 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 it's very, very important to realize that, like, losing Kobe wasn't just losing a basketball player, it was losing the emotional attachment that we that we built up in our heads to to somebody who was like Superman. Like Superman isn't allowed to die. Like imagine imagine if Superman died and that's yeah. what happened. It's it's like a lot of people aren't really grasping how monumental this is just from just from an emotional attachment standpoint for so many people. Like yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like the world is just moving on very, very quickly. That's just kind I of the vibe that I'm getting that. and it's Maybe not the sports world. Maybe not the, the sports sport, world. The sports world can't move past it. At the the Super Bowl, which is the biggest sporting event, the biggest event in America that happens every year, all the players want to talk about is Kobe. All every yeah. basketball player has they been ch- wanting to talk about is Kobe. The no, can you, They're changing can you the All Star game format for Kobe. They're can you doing, blame them now? No, I haven't seen That's the changes, saying, like, but I know, I know they changed it. They they change it so that there's there's like a total points thing, and so they rate who however many points. One uh one team has after the leading team has after three quarters, the points that the teams each team has to score to win is however much the leading team had plus twenty four. What? Yeah, that's it, crazy. It's it's sort of based. I mean, this is uh Kobe right, but it's sort of based on like the stuff that the big three has been doing. I think it's called like the Elon method or something like that. I don't know. What just like trying out outlandish ideas to make people interested. It, yeah, it's, it's very much it, it's, a, it's an idea for, exactly, but it's an idea from the big three. But the they usually yeah. have like a, a round number that they hit. But instead, for but for this one, they're like we want to do a plus twenty four because Kobe. I mean, have you seen the amount of teams that even now are still taking twenty four second shot clock violations and eight second backcourt violations because of Kobe's numbers twenty four and eight? Yeah, no, it's the Lakers and Clippers I, game got no canceled. The, that, that's, NBA, a, that's a surprise. The NBA me. never cancels games, but they canceled this game. But you know, the day after. Yeah, and the same time, well, I, I appreciate it, though. Had a loss like this ever. Yeah, I I appreciate that they canceled this game. If they played that game, no one would be able to play without crying. Every LeBron would be playing with tears streaming down his face. Everyone would, and the players. I don't know if they'd be giving their all. But in, if you have it in a couple months, when the specter of death is passed and it's more of a celebration of life, then I think that game will be a really incredible one to see. L. A. Just uniting around that LeBron really being a torchbearer because I think we have to mention that the night before, uh, I at least I was watching. I don't know who else was. Yeah. LeBron passes Kobe on the all-time scoring yeah, mark that, that, for that third all-time. Was, was yeah. so weird in Kobe Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, and, Kobe's hometown, oh, in a man. Laker jersey. It's just the significance of all of it, and that's I think what's hitting LeBron 
harder yeah. than anything is that is that he was just celebrating this yesterday. Kobe tweeted now, at him, called him on the called him the night before to congratulate mm-hmm. him. Yep. Yep. Man, and like I think that LeBron being in LA would have allowed him to get closer to Kobe too. I think yeah. that's another thing that we lost that the greatest arguably the greatest player of all time or one of at least one of the greatest players of all time would have been able to talk to another guy who's right up there in that in, in the pantheon, you know? Yeah. And it would have been it would have been a, a relationship that we've never seen before of like a guy like cuz Kobe and MJ like they were close, but Kobe emulated MJ in everything he did. Kobe wanted to right, be exactly. MJ I don't so know bad. How, exactly. I don't know how close you can get to somebody who you're trying to copy. Yeah. If you're trying to beat them, if you're trying to beat them, like you, you can't, can't just really, be like, them. They're your they're your enemies. You have to outdo them. Yeah. To an extent, and I think that LeBron and Kobe didn't have that type of relationship. I think LeBron looked at Kobe as a mentor, mm-hmm. and because I think Kobe was easier to relate to than MJ. Yeah. Because I think MJ, out of everybody in his generation, was was somebody who put himself on a godlike status. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Kobe really liked to. I don't think Kobe. I don't think Kobe was arrogant in that way. I think he was arrogant in other ways in a basketball context, um, to an extent. But I don't think he was arrogant in that aspect. Yeah. I don't think he put himself on a godlike status in terms of his his career because he always had MJ to measure up to, and so he. I think he he never thought really. I don't think he never thought he was, he was the, the best of all time. Yeah. No, and I think I think that LeBron LeBron would have been able to take a lot from that mentality. Yeah. Because I think LeBron, what really LeBron has had to gain from the later years of his career is learning that he's not invincible, learning that he can't be in the finals every year. And I think that's yeah. what, that was what got under his skin. And that's something that Kobe had to learn first. MJ almost learn never learned exactly. it. And MJ didn't MJ, learn it. Once he, got, once he climbed the mountain, he never had to deal with, with losing again. He never had to deal with it. He kept Because retiring. he was always just that much better almost. Yeah. And and that's what put him on that on that level of of God like like I think I'm the greatest of all time because I never yeah. I never lost to any of my peers. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe did. Kobe, yeah, Kobe, sh- yeah, like yeah, with MJ, it's like once he got there, he never stepped off. Yeah, like you said, right? But he with, never he never he never leaves the top of the mountain. But Kobe with Kobe, reaches the top of the mountain, then has a career low, and so yeah, yeah says, "Hey, I, I want to do it again." Team accomplishment, I, and then says, "I'm going to do it again." I think we should. Yeah, and I think we should t- talk about the post Jack era. In Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, let's let's continue on the timeline. That was a good that was a good deviation, but let's continue on the yeah. timeline. Pochak. So, so the Lakers the Lakers trade. Yeah, go first ahead. of all, we can't go the pocket without mentioning this because this is the reason that Kobe's legacy isn't as straight it isn't as linear as it as it would have otherwise been. Kobe yeah. gets accused, uh, loses uh pays out a civil lawsuit for right. raping a hotel clerk. In Denver, uh, I was hoping we wouldn't mention it, but and it has to be. It like, has to be it, mentioned it, because mention it for context, it was, but like because it happened difficult. during, it, like difficult. you had the it's hearings so during the playoffs. About. Yeah, it's, it's it's difficult to talk about, but it's impossible not to mention yeah. when you're talking about the context of his career. Yeah, and I think I think it's it's it does it's not without reason that the things that people are talking about uh, with Kobe death because remember death is something which pulls away all the extraneous stuff. After Kobe's death, no one has been talking about, like, the feuds he had with players. No one's talking about, like, him being kind of like, I don't know. He was kind of a corny guy a lot of the time. But no one's really talking he about that. He was a everyone's... nerd. Yeah. Not everyone... a corny guy. He was a nerd. Yeah. Like, straight up. <laughs> the man but was what, a nerd. <laughs> but what people are talking about is the stuff that defined him. And that's something that defined him is, like, you don't – you haven't really – you don't really have a case – of one of the best athletes in the world in the middle of what was one of the best championship runs of all time 
suddenly doing something which is nothing about basketball and makes you rethink him as a human being. And I think even Kobe, I, there was a non-disclosure agreement that he signed after it, so he never could actually talk about it, which is why it always is that kind of thing that's like still like, what do we say about we never really Yeah, it's lingering. Closer. Exactly, it's always linger, a lingering question. But so yeah. it's the kind of thing where, I don't know, it makes, we know the way that he thought about it. He thought it was, he he thought what happened was all right, but even though it clearly wasn't, and I think it changed the way that he thought about the world and realized. I mean, yes. there is that idea of him thinking, I, "Oh, the the ground, the greatest of all time." He maybe it, there's a chance that he was like, "Oh, I'm going to be the greatest of all time," but after that, he sort of has to reconsider everything, become yeah, a different there was an person. Air of vulnerability. Yeah, become a better person um, after that. Right, and I think I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that. He kind of threw Shaq under the bus with yeah. that with that statement, that very very often quoted statement of, "I've seen Shaq do this plenty of times for all of his women. Like, what, yeah. where's my where's my where's my exemption?" Which is not, you know, which is kind of a sticky argument. It isn't, which is not a great thing it to is a say. Argument. It, it indicts it's, both it's a of them. It's childish thing to say. It's yeah. childish. Yeah, exactly. And and that's really, I think, what people remembered. I mean, until now, obviously, yeah. but I think that's. What, what people really took away from the from the early part of Kobe's career was he's not mature. Wow, this guy is amazing, but he's such a kid. Like yeah, he's such a kid the, the he, entire time. And he proved his doubters right. He, is what he was right. Like. The even, doubters even said he couldn't he come at seventeen. Together, yeah, right. And even when he put it together, like he's not consistent enough, or he's too childish, or he's too raw, or all of these accusations that were coming around. And then when this happened, it kind of was just like, okay, fine, maybe he is. And even the people who loved him to death even had to admit, like, okay, maybe he is too immature. Maybe he does need a reality check. Yeah, he was faced maybe with going to, to jail for bottom. the rest of his life. Maybe he needs to hit rock bottom. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what people realize, and that's what he realized. Yeah. During that whole stage, that like, you can only you can only reach the top by hitting and by hitting an ultimate yeah. low. I mean, we're this isn't to excuse him for what he did because what he did was horrible and horrible, and he. Got what he deserved, seemingly. Although the question remains, if the question on both sides is, if he hadn't been a huge NBA player, would he have ever taken been taken to court? Or if he had been taken to court, would he have been put in jail for a long time instead of just being settled in a civil suit? But mm-hmm. I guess that's besides the point. Well, I think, but I it think is we important leave it, in the context we'll leave it of the his way legacy. It was. Yeah, I think we should leave it the way it was, which is we don't have any closure, and there's no use in trying to obtain it. And yeah. so, why are we? Why are we discussing it? Yeah, and that's, it... that's I think whenever whenever it gets brought up, that's always the always the conclusion I end up reaching is like it's it's, it's in the past. You it's and like it's a thing you always have to mention because it's important to have right, that it's context. Asterisk. It's an asterisk. Yeah, it's the kind of thing you're like it yeah, it's like don't forget this. It's your heroes are never okay. perfect, and Kobe, both on the court and off the court, I think proved that. Yes, and I think that that was part of what, again, part of like what made him, what made his his rise to the back to the top of the mountain that much more significant. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's when he, I, the Black Mamba, that personality was born out of that entire yes, thing, where he realized that he couldn't that he couldn't trust anybody, and that he has to be the lone wolf, and, and that he like yeah. that whole that whole idea had to focus of, on himself. Of, right, like just putting all the all the pressure in the world on himself to 
to be great. Yeah. Um, that's I think where where it really stemmed from was when he hit rock bottom yeah. during that stage, and and then almost gets traded to, to the a Pistons. Also, almost got almost gets traded to the Pistons. Almost gets traded for um for Kevin Garnett. Also, I believe. No, yeah. later. He might have been. Um, I don't remember that one. But I know the Pistons was, one. It was it was set. It was set. It was a done deal. And Kobe talks to the GM, and he's like, "I don't want to go to Detroit." And so he basically had to prove that he was worthy of staying in Los Angeles, and he did. And what was so, the offer? What was the offer that was on the table? Do you know? I don't remember. I could look it up, but I remember. I I know that it was a done deal, pretty much. And the and it's like you know sometimes trades are in place like. Rob Gronkowski in, in football was like all set to go to Detroit. Then he goes to Robert Kraft and he's, or Belichick and whatever. They're like, I'm going to retire if this trade goes through. So Iverson they, was about to remember the Iverson thing where like there was some guy who had a no trade clause and he had to waive it. Yeah. And like he yeah. said, no, I'm not going to waive it because I don't think that's the best thing for Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, superstars. Yeah, there, there's a chance that Kobe Bryant's legacy is very different if he gets traded to Detroit. Maybe he makes Detroit great. Maybe he doesn't. But it's not with the glitz and glam of L.A. And we could be talking about Kobe Bryant as someone who, was, who could have had it all, but just kind of screwed it all up and yeah. ended up but playing also, his career out in Detroit. But he—that's not what happened. He worked hard. He he worked hard. He came back to everywhere and. He came back to the Lakers and just yeah, the the championships, the getting to the finals three seasons in a row in 08, 09, and twenty ten is probably the most impressive thing that Kobe Bryant did, especially winning both of those titles in oh nine and twenty ten. Yeah. And also the fact that it was such a dramatic sequence also. Like the way that it played out was in terms of in terms of like the sequencing of the years, it was like Boston oh eight and it was it was a great series, and yeah. then Orlando. He just like he climbed the mountain again. And he was he just came back the next year with such an abandon, and he was that like Orlando team was unstoppable. Un- right, but up the to thing the, is that, that point, yeah. The thing is that people forget that that '09 season wasn't really at like because LeBron LeBron was really in the conversation. It was him. Yeah. he and LeBron were really in the were really in the conversation for best player that year I think really in tandem more so than than I think then Kobe was the disputed number one and I think yeah. that that's also I mean for most of Kobe's career there were players like Duncan players like LeBron who really challenged his status as the greatest player mm-hmm. and and I think that that's that's another thing that we have to remember um from Kobe's career that he might that never he, have been the best player in the NBA but he was always but he rem- almost but always in the top five of that and like he, we remember him as being the defining guy from that's the right. 2000s. And when and basketball players talk about people, that, that's, what, that's yeah. what basketball players talk about, and and that's where most of the influence from players these days comes from is is Kobe Bryant from that era, is Kobe and LeBron really, but like Kobe more so than anybody else. Like yeah. he had the overarching cultural iconic influence on the next generation, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for for like culture and society remembering you as being the number one guy for yeah. for you know that many years. So then Kobe he he hits the mountain. He yeah. He's he's finally back on top, which is I that's the reason that he's a top ten player. He doesn't win those titles. He's he's not. But then then the Lakers start trailing off a little bit. Gasol's getting old. They have the whole Dwight fiasco and Steve Nash fiasco. Nash is injured and Dwight Howard is just too Soft. immature to play. And then 
What day was it when when it happened? Was it in? It was. It was in. Was it April? Yeah, it was near. It was close to the end of the year in 2013. I think it was right. 2012, 2013, 2013, right? He got injured a lot in those last couple of years because he had yeah. the shoulder yeah. and the hand and the Achilles. No, it was. Just, yeah. he got but, injured a lot in his yeah. career, but he had the youth and the the usage the was too high, and he blows out he his just, Achilles. Right, uh, he, he gets fouled and blows out it. his Achilles. Like he's, no, he's not. He's not capable of playing anymore. And then like, walks on that yeah. Achilles. But yeah, but the, but here's and the crazy part. Yeah, Sam, say it. So he literally is like he has a ruptured Achilles tendon. It's like he yeah. shouldn't be able to walk. Should not be able to walk. It says like here's like you know you can't come back and like he's thinking you know there's a chance I can come back in the game if I just you know bite my lip and just try to drown out the pain. So he's like, all right, I gotta shoot these free throws if I want to stay in. So he shoots the free throws on a ruptured Achilles. He makes and then them. Co- makes them. Then he comes makes out. two free throws on a ruptured Achilles, and he's I out of the that league might for a year. The iconic, the iconic Kobe Mamba moment. Yeah, that out of all of them, that, that's like that might not be the most impressive like basketball or the most clutch moment or like the quote unquote greatest moment of all time, like in a in the playoff game or something like a sixty point game to no, or whatever. But, but that's the most what, what Mamba moment. Kobe's essence, yeah. What summed up what Kobe was about, and I think if you want to show. To, a, to somebody who's never seen him before, like what made him great from yeah. a universal standpoint, it was. I think you show him that. It was Kobe Bryant saying, "Yes, I will do it. It doesn't matter what the pain is." And he goes up and he makes those free throws, right. and then he walks like, off of the this, court under his own power. Right. He just says, "None of none of what anything else, like nothing else matters besides my own will and my own mentality." And I'm gonna I'm gonna block out all that other stuff, whether it's or whether it's a distraction or whether it's anything. And I'm just he gonna, always I'm wanted just to win. Do. He always wanted to do it. He always wanted to, to reach the top of the mountaintop. And he, he like, I think really, when you're talking about American values, like, he really, like, Nike, just do it. You know, like, he just did. He just did it every yeah. single time. He always came through. He always, he was always, He's always you know, going if, to, willing to go the extra mile because someone had right. To. And even even if even if he didn't reach the top of the mountain in any given year, you always know that like he freaking he gave tried. his best. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> like as, you know that he's not coming down without a fight yeah. any day of the week. And Doesn't then, matter what game it is, what what time of the year, and that's like yeah. something that can't be said about a lot of players. That was almost an end to like another chapter of Kobe's career because then at the end you have like it's like it's the epilogue. No one talks about it as much because those Lakers teams weren't as good. Kobe wasn't as good. His last year in the league, he averaged like 13 points a game. Sub 40% shooting for those last two years, I believe. Yeah, but I just remember. I remember exactly where I was. I remember watching Kobe's 60-point game. I think I was with you watching this game, Ari. Yep. And it was unbelievable. It Like, when you see a legend go out, like Michael Jordan, I I mean— Technically, he did come back with the Wizards, but no one talks about no, that. No, but when you see I him, love okay. talking about it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he didn't come back with the Wizards. What are you talking about? Yeah, what? but so, like, it, like what are, what's a wizard? The same way that Michael Jordan <laughs> went out uh, making the shot, Kobe Bryant went out and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to have one of the craziest games of all time. I we, the game was just on ESPN again. They redid it. They uh, showed it. They showed it over again. Kobe misses like the first five, six shots that he takes, but then he hits one shot, then he hits another shot, then another, then another, then another, and suddenly you're like, oh my god, it's Kobe Bryant again. Kobe Bryant is doing the th- is the guy, like he's, he's that guy again. Yeah, ball. he. We talk about him giving his all 
like no matter what, he gave literally everything he had left because he did not want to go off that basketball court thinking, damn, I should have tried harder that game, and now I'm going to miss out on that. There was no right. chance that was going to happen. And so, and I think he answered in that process, he answered every single question that anybody had ever asked yeah. about him. Like, can he do it? Can he summon the strength? And in that moment, yeah. in that in those, in those that game, he he just answered those questions for all of the haters who were watching because he knew yeah. everybody was watching. The answer was yes. Yeah, the, the questions that everyone had about Kobe, does he shoot too much? Yes. Or, But also, is he is he one of the best scorers of all time? Also, yes. Is he – yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. The que- like the, the question he said yes, I'm one of the best scorers yeah, of all time, and, and maybe and, I shoot too much. What? He scored sixty he po- points on and fifty he, shots. Here's, here's the story that we'll end on. Last, well, well, let's let's talk about the end. Let's talk about the end of the game. And that's, the, no, that's that's what, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Okay. So it's like he's to a lead up to this is just you know Lakers are down like by a few by a few multiple possessions like. Two minutes to go. The Jazz look like they're going to win. Yeah, Kobe just wills them back with, you know, a three, another three, another two. Gets to the line, makes some free throws. Yep, then just games one on a questionable screen. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, if, you call, if, if, if you call if you called that screen, if, <laughs> if you're the referee who calls that screen, you should yeah. be stripped of your badge immediately. And so then, yeah, I mean, Kobe... we'd be talking about the Kobe Bryant riots of 2016. Yeah. So Kobe gets <laughs> Kobe gets to the line. Well, and this is here. This is the story. Yeah. So Kobe gets to the line. He has fifty-eight points. The game's in hand. Makes the first the game's one. Not, no game's not in hand. Yeah. Well, no, they're up by one, and he goes to the line. Yeah, no, 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 no. Clarkson dunked it. Remember, Clarkson had the dunk. No, 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 no. That was last. That was after. Oh, it was after. Okay. So, yeah. So, so, tell the story. So yeah, he's got. He needs these two two free throws for fifty-nine and for for six. So he get makes the also first one. Also to put them up by a, an actual basket. Yeah. Yes. So in. Makes the first one at 59. Gordon Hayward was on that Jazz team. Yeah. Gordon Hayward on the second on free the th- second free throw, step purposefully steps into the lane. Commits a clear lane violation. Yes. Stares down Co- at the ref just so he notices it. Kobe makes the free throw, and the best part about this is is Gordon Hayward said, "I wanted him to make sure he got 60." So no, I, Gordon Hayward refused to admit it. Oh, really? Gordon thought- Hayward refuses to admit it, but we all we all know. I, I think we all know. He wanted to make sure Kobe had because everyone cared. Everyone cared to make sure that Kobe was respected as a player he was because they knew that he was, and they wanted to make damn sure everyone else knew it. And so the the game's not quite over yet. The Jazz drive. They miss the basket. Kobe gets the rebound and fires a bullet just cross-court pass to a streaking Jordan Clarkson, I think it was. And Clarkson dunks the ball, and then in any, in the, any to other game, put him up like, by five. That would piss some people off that yeah, he dunked it. Put him no, put him up by five, an unassailable lead with just a few seconds left. They call timeout. They Lakers take Kobe out, and Kobe Bryant's career ends the same way that I think he realized that the way he had to play the game at the very end. Even though you saw that he still did want to score sixty, he ended the game twenty-two for fifty with an assist. He ended the game with an. He ended his Kobe Bryant ended. Ended his career with an assist. And that's what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. That's what he wanted his legacy to be like. He got up the next morning and started working for the Lakers. But Kobe Bryant wanted to oh he wanted to give back more and more and more. And it's a damn shame that he didn't get to do as much as he should have been able to do. I think that's it for today. I'm Harrison Friedman. I'm Sam Greenman. And Ari Cohen. And we're signing off on 
what was an important and good Kobe podcast, and we will always Difficult. remember Kobe. Yeah, it was hard, but I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about it. Yes. All yes. right. And when thank you guys for being here. Thank you for yes. Yeah, I love you guys. Lo- love, <laughs> love you too, Ari. Thanks, thank you. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Right. So we have some pre-recorded um, audio about we just like reacting to some NBA stuff. So we're gonna put that at the end here since it doesn't really have a place at the beginning. Yeah, so that, it's so just it's it's I think I don't know what Kobe probably would have wanted, what everyone wishes they could do. It's we just we just talked about basketball, had a nice time. The All Star Game's happening soon. That's what we were here to talk about in the first place before the Kobe news happened. And yeah, yeah. and the trade deadline. Yeah, and but yeah, Ari Ari's gonna be back on the pod again soon. Yes, we'll talk to him about some stuff. And yeah, I'm it was excited. Nice to see this pod. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Ari. Westbrook's on the All Star team. I'm not a fan of that. Me neither. Oh no, I don't like that. On the All Star team, I'm not a fan of Kawhi on the All Star team either. As a Kawhi fan, I'm not a fan of Kawhi on the All. We'll save this for the pod. We'll save this for the pod. No, no, no. This won't. No, this won't be on the pod. So we're talking about it now. Yeah, Sabonis has been great. Um, Yeah. Let's see, Ari. Don't you remember when he got drafted? Yes, I remember, and I was like, I remember draft night, like, cause you were you're a huge Arvita Sabonis fan. You're like the Ooh. huge Arvita fan, always for life. Exactly, and then his kid came to college. We were watching his kid, and then yeah, on dra- and I was pumped about it too before he was a Pacer. Yeah, on well, he they he and Oladipo were together on the Magic for right, and in, in, or, in or, no, in Orlando, not in Orlando, in Oklahoma City. Yeah, they well, were first together. in Orlando, when, but after, but yeah, then no, because. Sabonis was drafted yeah, by Oklahoma Sabonis, City. Yeah. No, Sabonis was drafted by uh, Orlando and was immediately traded along with Oladipo for Sergey Ibaka. Yeah. Yeah. I remember because I I was like a big or the Magic are actually going to be good this year, and then they picked Sabonis. So I was like, oh my god, hell yeah, because they already had Oladipo. Oh yeah, because you were probably thinking like, let's back, let's have him back up Vucevic. Yeah, or maybe even and then yeah, or maybe start over because Vucevic wasn't. Tobias good. Harris was still on that team. Oh my god, Tobias Harris, yeah, wow, I was and Aaron Gordon, like wow, that team, yeah, that was that was a big hype team. I remember that. And then immediately after they draft Sabonis, they trade him and Oladipo, who was the number two overall pick in the draft, like a year or two before. Kind of a rough for draft. Yeah. Yeah. To be, yeah, it was a yeah. rough draft, but uh, it was it was a rough draft. But I like still it. the honest. Yeah, <laughs> rough draft night. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a, I mean, it was a rough, it was a rough top half of the draft. There were yeah. some gems. But then you got you got lucky, and that OKC trade worked out for both sides, especially for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I think honestly, it worked out a lot better for us because we have now pieces for the future. The Thunder had to rebuild, and they didn't. They don't. They now have pretty much nothing left from that trade. You see that Oladipo shot last night? Big balls on that. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Oh my. He literally held it there. He was like, "You gonna put your hands up?" Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> and he made it. He was over he six. It. He was he over six it. on threes Ew. before that. Oh my like, god. I don't know. I don't like. It was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Like, and he did the little shimmy afterwards. Also, yeah. he just like had a little grin on his face. He was. He was feeling himself, and I was loving every second of it. I'm so glad he's back. I love watching him play. Him and I'm just, I'm just glad for, for the entire the entire franchise i mean i think i think after having had to deal with lebron for the past half decade like we really really deserve it yeah. we just deserve we deserve to have a chance to come out of the east and i think well, we no, really Giannis have a legitimate chance to do so this year Giannis like now i think now that Giannis is in the east but i think that i think that the pacers as they're playing now are 
a top five Eastern team without Oladipo. That's true. And I think that yeah, well, I mean they I were, that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that Oladipo, and I'm not even talking about just in terms of record. I'm talking about in terms of actually being able to beat the better yeah. teams in a seven game series, because that's really what matters when it comes to the playoffs. Not not the team's record, as as we've seen many many times over the years. Is that yeah, like where a team falls in the bracket isn't really going to necessarily determine what they're going to do in the first round. And I feel like the Pacers, as a four or a five seed, could easily get to the second round against either Toronto or Boston. Yeah, it's a good East. Um, if that hypothetically ends up being, yeah, it's a really good East. It's a very competitive East, and that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. Like, the Cel- the Celtics team, this is just better than last year's team. The Raptors team, well, yeah. they're, they're missing Kawhi. Everyone else on that team is better. And, well, and right, besides are... maybe Lowry. I don't think Lowry is better than he was last year, is he? Well, did he make the All-Star Reserves? He might Lowry, have made I don't know. Okay. Definitely. I don't think were, so. We're keeping, people were talking about maybe, but he's playing, I think, the most Oh, he minutes. did. He did. He yeah, did. He did. He's, he's playing the, good ball, though. He's, he's playing, playing the most minutes of anyone in the NBA this year, which I think is a crazy stat. Is he really? Yeah. Kyle Lowry? It, how did? Okay, hold on a minute. Tatum made it, and Brown didn't. Well, oh, so Sam, are you a Tatum or Brown guy? Because everyone was saying it's got to oh, be I'm a big Tatum Brown, Brown guy. Okay, I'm a big well, Tatum also, guy. Yeah, He's from I, mean, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Harrison, you're definitely a Tatum guy. Yeah. Um, like through and through. I don't know. I don't He's, really have a horse in that he race. He grew up two blocks away from where my mom used to work. Yeah, St. Louis. Yeah. Well, not yeah. everyone in St. Louis is like Chaminade, a tiny right? little box. Yeah, I went to Chaminade. Did Beal yes. make it? What? Mm, isn't he a starter? Brad Beal's not a starter. Oh, he's not. Right? No. No, he didn't even make. What is this? Hold on a second. Come on. Bradley, we, a, we need St. Louis representation. Come you have on. Tatum. I don't know. We need like two of them. I don't know. I don't get how Brad yeah, feels perennially how... underrated and like appreciated at the same time. I feel like everybody always noticed at the end of the year, like, hey, Brad Beal had a really, really good year, but, like, yeah. nobody ever appreciates it in the middle of the year. I know. And then, like, he's going to be the guy getting his contract money, and then, like, in the middle of the year when his team is playing like crap, everybody's going to be like, wait a second, Brad Beal just got signed for, like, $140 million. Why isn't his team making the playoffs? And then after the year, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's why. He had a really, really good season. Yeah. But he's not an all-star type. People don't realize how good of a year he has until after the fact, I don't think. Uh, he's He's perennially a top five shooting guard yeah yeah like he's Tom, right this he Tom Brady he's, tweet like, is there's actually, no reason he's always been near no the top why he is there's no reason why he shouldn't be why he shouldn't be in the all-star game every year i know i mean i i, I would say the same thing about cj mccollum yeah i think in terms of in terms of Ooh, his talent you, and you big playability McCollum. sam what's is, your take on McCollum? sam's a big mccollum guy mccollum tur- turned McCollum it guy. turned it around but at the beginning of the season he and lillard were getting the same minutes and uh McCollum was ten percent ten. He was ten points. He was ten worse in uh, field goal percentage and three percentage. Well, Lillard is, has also been playing at an ungodly level yeah. this year. Yeah, which it's, he always does. He he and like he scored, averaged like forty five a game the last six games. Yeah, he had something crazy. Like that. Yeah, you know, he, and then I was he watching the sixty one point game with uh, with Warso. Yeah, and that was like that was so much fun. Yeah, he was Lillard, just, I love. Like hitting from the logo, he's just entertaining. He's like, I don't know. I feel like in the absence of Curry, he's filling a role that's really, really needed, which is the I can shoot the ball from anywhere at any time, and you guys can't do anything about it, and I'm going to make your regular season enjoyable no matter what. Exactly. Like my roommate last night, like we were watching the Rockets Blazers game, and Lillard just go off. And he was mm-hmm. asking why Lillard isn't talked as like being one of the top ten guys in the NBA. I think he is one of the top ten guys in the NBA. Sure, he's just sure. right outside that superstar level that like a Kawhi or Giannis or Harden might be at. 
Right, and he is the type of he's the type of guy who's going to take your team to the playoffs, and they're going to put up like a fun fight yeah, every exactly. single year. But he's not the type of guy who's going to be on your team and make your team in the conversation for contention every year. Exactly, he can't he can't lift your team out like that, like someone like Harden no, or Kawhi. No, no, he's not do. a LeBron. He's not a LeBron archetype. He's not a he's not a centerpiece of your of your franchise type in in a contending in a contending environment. Yeah, like anyone. If you're, if you're contending, you want Damian Lillard to be your second best player. Yeah, and like. Anyone, like a Paul George. No, I'm fine if he's your best player as long as your second best player isn't someone like CJ McCollum. You know who would be great? There. If the this wouldn't be a fair one for one, Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, but no, Ben Simmons is legitimately good. <laughs> this is what happens when you get three NBA guys. We just don't pay <laughs> attention to anything that's on the agenda. Yeah, but but the, but the thing is, is that the Sixers could use someone like CJ McCollum much more. Then someone like the Blazers could use CJ McCollum, and the Blazers could use someone like Ben Simmons way more than they could use someone like CJ McCollum. I hear that. Or, but yeah, you know. But I mean. is CJ McCollum, in considering his usage rate and his minutes played, like you said, he has the same the same type of like comparable playing time and comparable time amount of time with the ball in his hands compared to Damian Lillard. But Lillard is significantly more effective, and so well, is that McCollum's been improving. He was very cold to start the season. I should have right. mentioned that, yeah. But but I think that McCollum, the teams are, that are going to be looking to get CJ McCollum are the teams that are looking for a ball dominant guard, like the Magic. Like, but you also need a good defense behind you, which is something that you don't that they don't really have in Portland. But like someone like Philly, that's built in because they have Embiid, they have Horford, they have Richardson, they have Harris, they have right. Matisse my, my point about my point about McCollum is that is that. Because Lillard has the ball in his hands a lot, also, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it makes McCollum less effective. I feel like if exactly. McCollum was in a situation where he was the number one option, then it would be very, very different for him because he is a ball dominant guard. He is a number one option. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like I feel like it could go either way because it could either either end up being like um, like Scottie Pippen, where like when he was off of the bull, like when Michael Jordan was gone, he thrived as the ball dominant player on that team. Yeah. Or it could end up being like a Monte Ellis type, who mm-hmm. once he was away from Steph Curry and the the pressure of ball dominance, he couldn't be totally, uh, like it totally took away from star. his efficiency when he was in Milwaukee and yeah. when he was in, in in Dallas, where they didn't have ball dominant players. Wow. Exactly. When Monte Ellis was in Dallas, like throw back to when Monte Ellis was good. Like, Vince Carter Mavericks. Great. Yeah. You know, but like, is that team going anywhere? Obviously not. He's averaging 25 points a game in, in Golden State. Yeah. But his efficiency goes down once he becomes the ball dominant, the ball dominant player on his team. Yeah, because then the spacing decreases because it's like, if you take him away from Steph, then you take him away from a guy who's drawing defenses out beyond the three point line. Exactly. Exactly. But that's, I think. So I, I, it does make sense why he is effective in some ways in Portland because he's going to have. Better driving lanes, for instance, but for in, sure. in somewhere like Philly, he probably would be better as a second banana because he would then unleash Embiid. It would, it would be less about like unleashing McCollum and more about unleashing Embiid. He would stretch the floor in, yeah. in a way that Ben Simmons cannot do. <laughs> yeah, Embiid is on the three-point line on some possessions. That should never be happening, even in today's NBA. He's shooting like thirty percent. Yeah, like, it's it, not great. He's seven feet one, seven foot three, seven, seven foot three. three. I think that if he was if he was as good as as Towns out there. As who? Yeah, then he would yeah. be fine. As good as Cat, he would be fine. Yeah, or Brook Lopez. I think the the reality is that he's just not. He's, he's not Brook Lopez. He can't be the guy who shoots seven threes a game. And he's that's so not, good down low. He's better right, than anybody like, else in the NBA he's right so now down low. Efficient down low, like his his. his what's his two point percentage? Can can someone pull it up? 
What's his two point percentage? It's probably in, like his, over sixty percent. I was gonna say if it's like not in the high fifties or low sixties, I would be shocked. Yeah, but like his fadeaways are crisp as anything. Like he's a his, bully. Know, he plays bully ball basically. Right, but he can also fall away. It's like it's a real it's a real Lajuan archetype. Two point percent is fifty-two five. But that's probably. But he also probably takes that's, a bunch of um, like mid-range jumpers just because he has to in that offense. Because there's true. no way that. That is he, true. I didn't think yeah. about that. Like when he and Horford play together on the floor, there's no way you can just like have Embiid sit down low and have people give him the ball or run a pick and roll. I, just, I don't and have think him he should be playing back to the basket. I think that's their mistake is that they're playing him back to the basket so much, and even though he's good at playing back to the basket, I think that he would bruise his opponents a lot more if he was dunking on top of them instead of trying to right. dunk through them. If they're running pick and rolls, Brad Brown. If you're running pick and rolls and lobbing like the Lakers do with Anthony Davis, yeah. as opposed to putting his back, like they can put him up back to the basket four or five times a game. But there's but no I space that, in Philly for pick and I rolls. I think that what a lot of, exactly, I think what a lot of Sixers fans are envisioning is, okay, let's put, let's trade Ben Simmons and put Embiid back to the basket 12 times a game because like he's so good down there. No, it's and, you like, have the spacing dude, so you can like, have him going tempted. downhill like Giannis. But a lot of people are envisioning like a Dwight Howard in Orlando type of situation where you mm-hmm. have like a post centric with, sh- with shooters on all sides and like with shooters on everywhere, like in every direction. Yeah. And like if you try to double team the post, you get punished for it. Right. And so, and if they don't double team the post, Embiid is a lot better than Dwight Howard back to the basket. I am and, imagine- and the, the, the Magic were putting him back to the basket all the time. Yeah, and I imagine it more like Giannis. How Giannis, if he if he gets like a, I mean, Giannis is a better finisher than Embiid, I think, but. He's a much better facilitator. Yeah, that's I also think that's true. That's the main difference. But I think that I think that Embiid isn't nearly as good at finding. Well, they're two different shooters. players, though. No, but I mean, like they are. Yeah, but I think that they're the two prototypical big men in today's NBA. Yeah, I think to run a heliocentric offense around Embiid would make like so much Green? sense. I'm, not, I'm saying that Draymond Green, LeBron, is not LeBron in Cleveland big. a couple years ago, not point guard LeBron, six eleven and huge. He brings the ball. What were you saying? Are what were you saying? I was saying, um, like, LeBron, like, pre-point god LeBron, where he was, like, yeah. kind of posting up and, like, run, running fast breaks by necessity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that I think that, that the, the heliocentric offense is the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, Gian, the Giannis-based offense, I think that more and more teams are going to start realizing that, like, wait, wait a second, let's teach we... these giant point guards how to shoot. Yeah. Like, imagine... Imagine if Ben Simmons knew how to shoot from a young age. Well, like, the, the you funny, running... Here's the funny thing that we've got. Right now, uh, I, I don't know if Embiid is back here or not, but while Embiid has been he out, is. he is. Okay, but while Embiid was out, Ben Simmons basically turned into sort of like a Giannis type of guy. because he's First of all, he's a way better passer than Giannis, he's in, even though he isn't For qu- sure. quite as good at driving, even though he still is a pretty good driver. And he's a, he's such a phenomenal facilitator that – just running him as like a point forward kind of guy with way more spacing seemed to work, and then suddenly Philly fans are like, "Wait, maybe do we we do do we trade Embiid instead of Simmons? Embiid will fetch yeah, a better right. return." And like, because there was so much promise there. Yeah. Like when you when you watch that team play, it was like, "Huh, these guys are kind of fun." Yeah, Ben Simmons. Did he make the? If he made the All Star team, he did. He made yeah. He made the All Star team specifically because of what he did while Embiid was out. I right guarantee that. Right. And and I think that, that that's where most of the like obviously that's where most of the, the that that side of the Philly the Philly trade is coming from of the wait a minute, we should really we should really maybe think about about this for a second before we automatically decide that, that Embiid is gonna... more valuable than Simmons. Because like Embiid doesn't it's really not healthy. so much given anymore. Because you know, because if Embiid is out and you have Simmons to carry the load, then 
Yeah. Why can't someone carry the load all the time? Yeah. You know, if it works, if it works then, and and you realize now that you have a working formula, why can't you build around the working formula? It's which is true. You know, it, it just, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's an appealing. It's an appealing angle. Yeah. Getting Horford, though, at the same time, while well, while well, that sounded good in theory, and has worked worked out fine when Embiid was out, just doesn't, he doesn't make have sense a place. together. He really doesn't have a place yeah. in that offense. Or the yeah, team. it was sort of like sign him away from. Bo- it was almost like sign him away from Boston just so we can knock out a competitor, and to be honest, so we it could, worked. And also, Horford was always good against Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Horford was the honor stopper. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Maybe he's he's only for the playoffs. Maybe that's. What do you do with Horford? He is. But... And I think they're going to unleash him. I think inevitably they're they're going to have to unleash him because in the playoffs your bench shortens. Yeah. And so once they get down from playing nine guys a game to playing seven, to seven guys a game, yeah. I can guarantee you that Horford is going to be one of those seven guys. Well, of course, and, yeah. And some, probably someone like Matisse as well. Oh, are God, gonna be yeah. There's seven, seven guys who are going to be who are going to be playing heavy minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are definitely going to have you on again before um, the playoffs. At least one or yeah. two more times during the NBA season.